Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Happy Monday to you, Golden Eagle fans. It's the Eagle Hour, live from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and downtown Laurel. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Michael Mergens. Happy to have you along today, whether you're listening live or catching this later by podcast or on-demand form. Happy to have you for another week of Golden Eagle sports coverage. First segment of the Eagle Hour brought to you today and every day by Dickie's Barbecue, located in a community near you, our hometown team, Justin and his crew, located in West Hattiesburg, just outside Turtle Creek Mall. Best meats around. And uh, Kelly Sander, um, I know you like the ice cream, but just w- w- which is your favorite? I like the sausage and the brisket. What is your favorite Dickie's meat? Well, you've seen my waistline. Uh, so I really don't have a particular uh, favorite, but I will be employing Dickies this weekend for our tailgate, the uh, Mean Green coming to town this Saturday for a two o'clock kickoff. So I'll be there right when they open up. My order will be phoned in ahead of time so that it will be ready, and uh, then I can sit back and enjoy tailgate, which is it's supposed to be sunny and really cool uh, Saturday, like a high of sixty. So this is going to be real football weather coming up Saturday, and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Of course, my favorite side, as we've mentioned before, is the creamed spinach. Uh, yep. Even if you Only don't like spinach, even if you don't like spinach, the creamed spinach, it's, I mean, it's really, really good. You're the, uh, you're the only one that, that cares for that. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Golden Eagles uh, drop a 35-10 to 10, um, contest on the road in Murfreesboro to Middle Tennessee, fall to 0-4 in conference, 1-7. Overall, here to uh, dissect that a little bit, uh, Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation joins us, as he does every Monday. And, uh, and Heath, uh, I am really, really, really not trying to be the eternal optimist here, but it's, it's the same thing. It's four or five plays that put you in a hole. Defense plays pretty well, and special teams and offense give the game away. Your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Uh Defense played well. They did give up some big plays here and there, but overall they played well. Offense just can't get nothing going. The defense wears down. Special teams, uh, you know, made a few blunders, and you lose a game. It's uh, it's just going to be a long season, guys. Uh, it's a long season. Block punt for a touchdown, pick six. Fumble return uh, for a touchdown, so uh, two defensive touchdowns for Middle Tennessee. Uh, we saw all three Golden Eagle quarterbacks, uh, Lang, Webb, and then Smithart gets his first uh, action of the year. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess let, let's just let's let's talk about the actual game first before we get kind of overall thoughts. What what needs to happen? Golden Eagles outgain Middle Tennessee or, or have more first downs. Twenty three 
first downs. Uh, I think they won the uh, the time of possession battle. They did 33-27. to 27. Golden Eagles uh, throw for more yards. Golden Eagles didn't rush uh, for more yards simply because uh, Lang and, and the quarterbacks were sacked so much. Middle Tennessee had seven sacks. But, you know, it's just one of those games where the team you're playing hasn't really been that good. They did have a, a pretty good linebacker for them. The guy ended up getting the pick six. I think his name's Thomas. But, um, yeah, it's it's just it, it's pretty tough when you have more first downs, you have the ball longer, you outgain them, and you still lose. Yeah, it's just, guys, this is a snake bit year for Southern Miss. Uh, it's the same thing over and over. And, look, I think what you're going to see going forward is with four games left, I think you're going to start seeing a lot of freshmen a lot of those guys they recruited, I think you're going to see a lot more of them start playing and see what they got. And with that, you're going to get freshman mistakes. You're going to get things like that. But I think now Coach Hall's, you know, and the staff's in, we got to get ready for next season. Uh, this season, uh, you don't want to say it's a wash because you want to win some games, but you can't go to a bowl. Uh, so what do you try to do? You try to build for next season. And I think now you're going to see that happen, Luke, going forward. Kelly, even even though Heath and, and I understand the reasoning behind what you're saying, but even if some of the true freshmen are not the best players in their positions, is, would that still be a strategy that you would recommend? You know, Kelly, watching this, uh, they might be better in some spots. They just didn't want to play them so young and so early. Uh, yeah, I think right now you've got to start looking to the future. Uh, you have to start building on what you can do next year, and that's with the class that he bought in last year. There were some really good kids, uh, the Mays kids, wide receiver, uh, Zay Franks. I'm looking forward to seeing those guys play. I think you're going to see a lot more of that. I think you really have to build on even if you know they may not be better at some positions, I think you have to get them out to and get experience now he's, because that's going to do nothing but help you next season. Playing those four games is going to be huge in experience and going to help you for you know twenty twenty two. And Heath Hinton, Heath Hinton, as the proprietor of Big Gold Nation, you keep track and have a a close uh, keep the pulse of a lot of the potential signees. Do you will there be any bad taste left in current commits mouths this season? Are the Eagles in jeopardy of losing? some players who have already committed to Southern Miss because of this season? I think, uh, you know, they did uh, a week ago. They kind of lost one. But right now you look at recruiting, it seems pretty stable. Uh, Coach Hall has done a really good job, and his staff uh, have done a great job of making relationships. And, you know, they're honest with the guys, telling them it's a rebuilding time. Uh, I think – I don't think you're going to see a bunch of kids jump off. I think you're going to see them stay on board. I don't see that happening, uh, not with the way they're excited about Southern Miss. You talk to them, they're, I just don't see the the domino effect of that happening with this group when you talk to them. They're all pretty excited. In fact, yeah. you had a, a guy from Gulf Coast the other day playing a game, had Southern Miss, uh, if you notice, he was sporting Southern Miss uh, – apparel so it's uh they seem to be pretty excited i think they understand that they have a chance to come in and play immediately 
Whereas if they go somewhere else, they probably have to sit down two or three years. All right, all of us can probably agree that the only two winnable games on the schedule, one of them is coming up against North Texas. The other one would probably be FIU, which is the day uh, after Thanksgiving. I'm beginning to think that Louisiana Tech might be winnable now, too, because the, the Bulldogs, with all the bad you know things and not going to any other conference and being stuck where they are, just a lot of bad things happening over in Ruston. The performance on the field hasn't been great as Louisiana Tech sits 2-5. and five. Um, But this one coming up this Saturday could tell a lot, although North Texas is on an upward swing after uh you know winning this past weekend so they're they're probably brimming brimming with confidence but um those would you would you say that those two anyway are winnable heath or are they not winnable i think they could be i think it depends on you know how the offense plays man it's tough because those two teams haven't had a good year they're down i I think they could be winnable, sure. I, I really do. I think Coach Hall thinks they're probably winnable. Yeah. It's just going to depend on, you know, getting off to a fast start and not making mistakes. If the football team cannot make mistakes, have good special teams, and defensively not give up the big plays, then, yeah, they're winnable games. And I'm not trying to start a rumor here, you guys, but I want to throw this out for all of us. There's a report out of Baton Rouge today that Miles Brennan from Long Beach is uh, going to be entering the transfer portal. He was a quarterback at LSU, was injured last year. Um, who is, and the only reason I ask that question or, or throw that out there is, who is the franchise quarterback of this Southern Miss team going forward, Heath? Who are they going to build this team around? We know at any level you got to have a stud quarterback. Yeah, I mean, you think about it, they got so many injured. You got uh, Trey Lowe, he's injured. Uh, Ty Keyes is injured. That's a great question. Do they do they believe they have the quarterback in place? I don't know. Do they believe they need to go out in the transfer portal and get a quarterback? don't think so. I think they're going to spend a lot of time uh, on the, doing the JUCO and, and probably the transfer portal route with the scholarships they got left over looking for linemen. So I don't even know if they're really out looking for a quarterback because of the numbers. I think they're trying to uh, build up their offensive and defensive lines going forward. So, you know, maybe they leave a scholarship open if somebody drops in their lap. But uh, I don't know if they're – I don't know if there's any room on the team for another quarterback. I I don't think they're looking that way. So we'll see. Maybe if – you know, Brennan, if he drops down to Southern Miss, maybe they would uh, spend a, a scholarship on him. But right now, I think they're looking for uh, linemen going forward. He 15 seconds. The kid you talk about, we lost the commitment. That's the Henry kid, the linebacker from Alabama, correct? Uh, yeah, I'm talking about the kid from, uh, I was told, um, oh, Greenville Christian, I'm sorry. Okay, Greenville Christian. I, I do think <laughs> that the, uh, the kid from... The Henry kid, who's a linebacker, committed to us back in July. He's not showing up either in our commitment list. Yeah. So that's uh, that's two. So anyway, tough that's tough going. Two. You got to push through it, Henry or uh, Heath. You're not Henry Heath. <laughs> Heath Hinton, Big Old Nation. Thanks. Uh, thanks for your time today, man. Thank you, buddy. I have a blessed day, man. That's Heath Hinton. Step aside, Kelly, and I talk more about this uh, Middle Tennessee game and what lies next for the Eagles. Stick with us on the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
Monday continues on the Eagle Hour. Second segment brought to you by Campus Bookmark, located on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. CampusBookmark.net. Basketball starting up. Lots of opportunities to go to the greenhouse, cheer on the Golden Eagles. Fall ball for baseball. All that stuff you can find to cheer on the Golden Eagles at Campus Bookmark. CampusBookmark.net. Coming up uh, next segment, Desmond McCollum. A former defensive end on the 2011 Conference USA football team that will be celebrating their 10-year reunion this coming Saturday. Desmond McCullum will join us and uh, talk about uh, his career at Southern Miss and uh, dabbled in the NFL, kind of like me for a little bit. But Desmond McCullum up next uh, in the third segment. Kelly, Luke, and Michael from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, all right, Kelly, let's dive a little more deeper into uh, this weekend's loss against Middle Tennessee. Again, two defensive uh, touchdowns for Middle Tennessee. Eagles turned the ball over five times. But, Kelly, the defense got four takeaways. They uh, had an interception and forced four fumbles and recovered three of them. And when you look at you know what happened, defense holds Middle Tennessee for under uh, 290 yards of total offense, uh, but five turnovers and three of those really resulted in touchdowns. You're never going to win when it's like that. It isn't. And the more pressure that you put on that defense, and you have to put the pressure on the defense because the offense, for a, a number of different reasons, has just been so anemic. They just, I mean, even if, if Southern Miss scores its average of, what, 10 points, you're not going to win many games, and I don't care who you're playing at the Division One level, 10 points isn't going to get it. So if you're preparing for Southern Miss, if you're the mean green coming in here this weekend, they might not say it, but they might be thinking to themselves, look, if we can just hold them to 10 points, we got a really good chance of winning this game. Because it's just, because again, the set of circumstances that the Eagles are in, they don't, they're not going to be a high, high-powered, falutin offense that's going to be able to put up you know, 45 points. It's just, it's just not going to happen. Individually, Jake Lang, 16 of 34 for 166 yards, a touchdown, and uh, two picks. Frank Gore rushes 20 times for 83 yards. Uh, Richard rushed 12 times for 34 yards. Jason Brownlee had a good game, nine catches for 120 yards, and uh, and the one touchdown did a nice job uh, in the end zone. And Brownlee sometimes can play defense for you, too, on underthrown balls, uh, but he did have a 34-yard reception. Uh, defensively uh, for the Golden Eagles, Central Latham, seven tackles, uh, three tackles for loss, and he also had a forced fumble. But, um, yeah, when, when you do that and you turn the ball over, you just can't move the football. But, Kelly, let's talk about something that it doesn't take much talent to do. I think a lot of Golden Eagle fans are really frustrated with, with this statistic, and it's kind of been, in, in some ways, not not a every week reoccurrence, but it, it has hurt the Eagles throughout the year. 12 penalties for 96 yards. Now, that is something that you can do. You are not outmanned or out whenever you commit 12 penalties. That's just mental mistakes, and it will drive fans, coaches, and everybody in between crazy. It will. Part of that has to be you know, the inexperience, and Heath Hinton talked in the last segment that he, that he thinks that they might be going even younger to try to get some guys, you know, put some miles on the tires that will, that will pay its dividends you know, later on down the road. But when you have a young team like that, mistakes are going to be made. But how much of it is, are the mental mistakes and how much of it is coaching? you know, technique and whatnot. I don't know the answer to that. I just throw that out there rhetorically. But when you have an offense that's been sputtering anyway, and by the way, just hold that thought for a minute, I thought Gore ran the ball pretty well. I mean, he averaged about four four yards a carry. That's that's respectable, you know. Um, 
and that's what more people expect to see more out of out of Frank Gore. But when you have a, an offense that has been as woeful as the Eagle offense has, and penalty wise, you give up the length of a field, essentially ninety seven yards. New math or old, that is not a winning equation, and it just it just further complicates the situation for the Eagles trying to score points and keep the other team off the scoreboard as well, simply. And, and when you go to the coaching question, you know, a lot of people, uh, I think you call them keyboard warriors, a lot of people saying, well, really, how good, how good a coaching staff is this, this staff that Will Hall brought in? And people have asked me, they've said, you know, you guys are real quick to hammer Ellis Johnson in that one horrific year that he had. When are you guys going to start hammering Will Hall? Here's my answer to that. Will Hall has been a head coach and has been successful in other places. He's done it before. Ellis Johnson was never successful as a head coach. When you look at the years that he spent at the Citadel, which was the only other head coaching position he had, he was a loser at the Citadel after two years, and they dumped him. Sometimes coordinators make the transition to head coaches well. Sometimes they don't. Ellis Johnson did not make that transition well. John Thompson, who was a a much beloved defensive coordinator here at Southern Miss, was so good at what he did, East Carolina came calling. He got the head coaching position at East Carolina and did not do well and was unceremoniously dumped after about, I think, two and a half or three seasons. All right, so John Thompson... The transition to East Carolina, where he had never been a head coach before, that didn't work out. The, re- the difference between Ellis Johnson and Will Hall is that Will Hall has been a winning head coach before. Now, if we're sitting here two years from now, and Lord willing, we will be, and we're in this type of situation, you have a whole different conversation. But there's precedent here. Will Hall has been a winner as a head coach and I have no reason to believe that he won't continue to be a winner as a head coach going forward. Yeah, I mean, when you look at what, what he's done, uh, he's been a head coach. This is his seventh year as a head coach, 2011 to 2013. He was at West Alabama. He was 25 and 11. 2014 to 2016, he was at West Georgia and won 31 out of 40 games there. He's only lost 27 games as a head coach, seven of those this year. So coming into this, uh, you know, this season, he was winning games at, at around 73, 74% um, rate. So, yeah, it's there. And just so you know how Tulane's doing without him, they're one in seven on the year, too. So, you know, I, I, I go back to the issues that we are having. Defensively, if you're able to score, if you take away the non offensive touchdowns and you're able to score 21 points, you're going to win probably three, three more games this year. Than what you have, because you Middle Tennessee scores thirty five. Twenty one of those are non offensive touchdowns. Right. We had a block block punt a couple weeks ago. Right, we know the same song and dance. We can't block. They hit us, blindside us, uh, you know, and return it for a touchdown. We've had uh, multiple pick sixes this year. It'll be interesting to see at the end of the year how many touchdowns we scored on offense compared to how many non-offensive touchdowns were scored on our offense or on our special teams. Do you think now, Luke, that the Louisiana Tech game is, is can be moved from the not winnable to potentially winnable? I just don't... I, I, I mean, 
that that's a team that put you know thirty up on Mississippi State. Well, yeah, yeah. but it's a completely different team sure. now than it but was the, at the beginning what, of the, the year. The point I'm saying is they they can score. You know, we haven't proven that we can score on anybody. And I guess I should yeah. have, well, have ended that last with the offensive is to say I don't I don't think there's probably a team uh, in Division One that has played as many quarterbacks as we have this year. Yeah, and if and if and if you cannot score any points, you can't win. I mean, how's that for Captain Obvious? All right. And the, the defense, as good as it is, they, they can't carry the whole team. They you just... have you have played now um, three non-scholarship quarterbacks, you know, or, or two at least. But and, and you're starting your former scout team quarterback. And, and John, John Cox is the big historian over there at Southern Miss. And, and I'll bet he would know, you know, the answer to this. Do you ever recall? And I don't, and I go back, you know, memory-wise a lot lot further than you, not just because I'm older, obviously. I don't ever remember Southern Miss playing two non-scholarship quarterbacks, let alone three. So you have to put that asterisk as you're, as you're writing the notes about this season. You have to have that asterisk up there as well. But you're still in that situation, and if you can't score points, you can't win. Can't do it. No. So. Look, looking forward um, this coming week, and, and we'll we'll be working to get uh, someone from North Texas. I'm going to reach out to uh, to Dave Barnett of North Texas to talk about the Mean Green on um, Thursday. North Texas uh, on they come to the Rock 2 p.m. on Saturday. That game uh, will be on ESPN Plus, and uh, North Texas got their second win of the season in the fourth segment we'll recap how conference usa uh, went down this weekend but uh yeah i mean the the benefit is it's a home game um but but kelly you know it, it was like that you know lang through that pick six he goes out uh, t webb comes in and they give him what two series and then smithart got thrown in there and you wonder at that point if you're just trying to get a spark or you know you don't want to lose anybody to injury you know, down 25 in the fourth quarter and, and be hurting going forward. Well, it's the proverbial, what do you have to lose? You know, and, and Heath Hinton was, was saying earlier, you know, if, if that just the rotation at quarterback, you might be seeing rotations at other, other positions too as they try to plant the seeds that hopefully will, uh, will become a very fertile football team as, as years go on. But they're, they're, Eagles are not going to go to a bowl game. You know, we know that already. But, man, wouldn't it be big if they could just get, you know, even if even if La Tech is not winnable, I think North Texas and FIU are. Yeah, absolutely. North Texas defeated Rice uh, this past weekend in Houston in overtime 32-24. Hey, pleasant memories. We'll take a break. Come back. Desmond McCullum from the 2011 Conference USA team and a four-year player for the Golden Eagles at tight end. He joins the Eagle Hour right after this. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour continues on a Monday. 4th Street brings you the third segment every single day. The Monday night special tonight while you watch the Chiefs and the Giants. A Hawaiian chicken sandwich. Always good food served up every day for lunch. $8.95 and that comes with a drink. 4th Street. Proud sponsor of the Eagle Hour. Well, 
The way that we walk through sometimes really difficult times is to remember the good times. And joining us next on the Eagle Hour, a guy who was a part of good times and bad times, his, uh, his career started uh, with an exceptional few years. And then uh, credit to him, stuck it out and, uh, and continued to play hard and be a leader on some of uh, the more difficult times in Southern Miss football. Desmond McCullum joins us. Straight out of Hebron, Mississippi, out of West Jones High School, a defensive end for the Golden Eagles. He was a member of the football team from 2000 to 2014 and then uh, went to some NFL camps with the Redskins and the Eagles. Des, what's up, brother? What's going on? Happy to have happy to be on here. Man, thanks for coming on today. I guess I want to go all the way back. Of course, you were on a um, really good high school program at West Jones, and then you were recruited by Larry Fedora's coaching staff. I believe it was Coach Bradford was one of the coaches that really spotted you. What what drew you to Southern Miss, and what was it about that coaching staff that, that really convinced you that you needed to play in Hattiesburg? Um, I remember Coach Pearson taking me down to a few other camps, um, went down to Went camp, um, did pretty well. Then they wanted me to come back and just completely killed it. Um, then next day I know um, I was working at uh, the school that summer at West Jones. Um, they uh, called, say over intercom, um, Dad, we need you to come to your mom's room. And all, all of a sudden just walked in my mom's room. She was like, what's going on? I'm asking the same question to her. And he comes in there. Uh, Coach Pearson comes in there and says, uh, Southern Miss wants to offer you. They um offering four, two out of five defensive defensive ends. They want you to be a part of their program. Um, I talked it over with her, talked it over with my dad, and uh, called them about an hour and a half later. And I uh, just said, I'm committing to Southern Miss. And um, what drew me to them was just the family atmosphere, um, just being close to home, uh, so my family and friends can all come see me. Uh, just their tradition of Southern Miss football. Just uh, the nasty bunch. I want to be a part of that. When uh, when when you got there, you redshirted your your first year, eight and five uh, bowl game. I believe it was in Tampa that year, and then of course the 2011 season. And uh, man, twenty wins in two different years. Uh, I mean, twenty twenty wins in, in two uh, total in those first two years. I mean, that was the top of the mountain, wasn't it? Yes, sir. It was. When when you look uh, at those two, go ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, you you can raise your question. <laughs> I mean, just you you look at the the type of players that you had, and of course Austin Davis, who's now the quarterback coach uh, for the Seattle Seahawks. And you know, what was it about, especially that 2011 team that you you guys got on a roll, won 12 games? I would say is um, like most of the players were already in that system, got used to playing with each other. Um, that senior group. Um, you know, being led by Austin Davis and um, a couple other seniors on defense that took me on that way when I first got there. Um, just really had a mindset. It's, uh, you know, championship or nothing this year. Um, it was really a player-led team, and that's what a lot of coaches um, uh, preached to me uh, throughout my career. It's like the best team is always player-led, and that team was definitely player-led from um, the meeting rooms to workouts, uh, of course, to the games. Um, offense, both offense, defense, and special teams. So I, I would say that's the, a huge difference that uh, made for me. And, um, I was just happy to uh, contribute, uh, be a part of you know that that playing time with them. Uh, I did redshirt my freshman year when I came in 2010, and then was able to 
take reps on special teams and a lot of reps on defense um, as a backup to Cordero Law and uh, Jamie Collins and uh, really uh, add some contribu- contribution to the defense. You talk about those two guys. I mean, Cordell is Cordero is still playing. I mean, you know, Jamie's Jamie's still playing. I mean, the, for those to learn under those two guys, man, what an amazing uh, tutors you had in front of you. Yes, yeah, sir. They, um, uh, they, I, call, I look at them like big brothers. I still keep them up, keep up with them to this day. I talk to Law every now and then, and talk to Jamie every now and then. It's just they, uh, you know, me and Jamie uh, got converted to that bandit position. He was. Of course, Barry at the linebacker drops, um, and I was Barry at the uh, defensive line drill. So we really kind of bunded, bunded learning that position. And um, I taught him some things, and he taught me some things. And, you know, both made us better players in the end. Kelly? Now, now, the defensive end position, playing that position, isn't there – and you guys will have to educate me because I never – I didn't play football. But it, it, the defensive end position, all you have to do is get the quarterback, right? <laughs> I mean, is I mean, isn't that the primary read? Uh, it's um, the primary read is just to be disruptive in general. Um, you know, whoever has the ball, most majority of the time is the quarterback. So, uh, yeah, just whoever has the ball, just be disruptive, cause turnovers. You know, create uh, production for the team. Because I, I played, Luke. I know you find this hard to believe. I played a little, a little football in high school, and I was a defensive end. Don't and, find it hard to believe at all. And, and the coach said, "Look, just j- just get the quarterback. All right, just just stay after the quarterback. If he gets rid of the ball, then then you're done." I said, "Okay, well, I can I can yeah, handle the, that." The but, problem with that is if you jump too far inside and don't get contained, then the whole defense gets shredded, right, Desmond? Yes, that's correct. It happened to me a few times. Well, all that all that that you guys just said is Mandarin Chinese to me. I didn't understand anything that you said. But Desmond, you went. It was like a tale of two cities. You went from this this juggernaut of Southern Miss to a, a team, a Southern Miss team that that wasn't uh, as good, shall we say? How did you mentally deal with that as the competitor that you that you are? Um, I really would have to say just you know prayer. Like I'm a man of God first, so. Really, just praying a lot. Um, that 2012 season, I, I tore my ACL the first game. So, really, just praying. Um, uh, my teammates supported me. My family supported me. Uh, friends, uh, you know, fans supported me uh, uh, with my recovery. Um, it, it was it was a tough time. Um, just coming off that 12 and two year. Um, this that was stepping into my first year actually starting, and um, just. It all coming crashing down, just you know, with ACL tear. But you know, um, what I've learned is, you know, adversity uh, shows a lot about you. And I persevered through it. Um, had two more surgeries after that. Um, we went one and eleven the next year, and then three and nine my senior year. Um, so how would that message? Then, how would that message that you just talked about differ? And how would it? be similar to a message that you would give to current Golden Eagle players who are really struggling right now? Uh, how I would, I actually worked with them this summer to finish up my master's, so I'm uh, really familiar with a lot of them and um, came close with them. But I would just tell them, or have been telling them, you know, uh, it's a, you know, it's definitely, a, you know, adjustment. Um, you know, sometimes they're playing well, sometimes they play bad. Um, they are showing improvements in some areas and, you know, other areas do need 
improvement as well. But I would just say, you know, don't give up. You know, keep fighting. And um, I know that's what Coach Will Hall is saying. Um, I talk, worked with him closely this summer. He just wants to instill in the guys, you know, just, you know, always be a good person. Always keep your head up. You know, continue to show that, uh, you know, this program is uh, working to be, be built up to the program, programs back in, um, you know, uh, the history of the program, just how the history of the program once was. It's just uh, constantly grinding um, every day, just trying to get better, trying to make each other better. Um, and and I guess I guess Luke, not all high school players have the advantage of having to, having played for West Jones either, right? Well, I mean, just <laughs> as, as you would say, Kelly, about Cambridge, we're just better than everybody. Else. Anyway, <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't like that when I played. It was that when when Desmond played, they were really good. But but Desmond, uh, this coming weekend, the ten year anniversary from the 2011 season. Of course, my favorite, probably one of my favorite moments of that season was you as a redshirt freshman, as my friend, smoking Case Keenum in the mouth on a sack. I mean, you remember that play, I'm sure. Yes, I remember that play. <laughs> free, uh, f- free, uh, just shot on uh, on the Houston quarterback. You, you win that game. I know you're uh, you're expecting to be there Saturday. What are you most excited about uh, when you guys come back for that ten year reunion? Um, I haven't seen a lot of the guys. So I'm really just excited about you know seeing how everyone's doing, or what everyone's been up to. Um, you know, even the fact that we are able to celebrate a ten year reunion for a championship is a blessing. So we're just really happy about seeing all the all players, all the coaches, you know, all the fans coming out there supporting. Them. You know, hopefully a Southern Miss win. Tell us uh, what what you're doing before we we let you go. You, you mentioned your uh, your master's degree. Where are you uh, and what are you doing now? All right, so uh, um, I just got my master's in kinesiology um, in August. So it's kind of a step into uh, sport coaching. Awesome. And I just finished up getting my teaching license at William Carey. So um, looking forward to getting into uh, teaching and coaching. Um, if I work on a high school level, or if I choose to do college, um, then just looking forward to you know getting to coaching. Uh, this experience this summer working with the team just um, showed me I'm in the, the right place uh, with the knowledge and experience that I have of the game and uh, just you know on and off the field issues to help these players, you know, not only become better uh, players, but, you know, better people as well. Yeah. Well, Desmond, we appreciate your time. Thanks for all that you've done for Southern Miss. And, man, uh, thanks for hopping on with us today. Thank you. Desmond McCollum, former defensive end for Southern Miss. He'll be there for the reunion this weekend. Finish up the Eagle Hour right after this break. Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. DBATHattiesburg.com. Appreciate their partnership with us. In the Eagle Hour, a couple news and notes. Tomorrow, Carly Malden, assistant coach for the Southern Miss soccer team, will join us. Eagles will learn tonight who they play Wednesday. Um, they play at 6 p.m. on Wednesday night. They will uh, take on the winner of FAU and Charlotte. That game will be on ESPN+. Plus. So, um, Golden Eagles headed down to Boca Raton. Carly Malden will join us uh, tomorrow. Volleyball splits with Louisiana Tech over 
Uh, the weekend, as seniors were honored, they defeated Louisiana Tech in a perfect 3-0 to match on Friday and then lost to the Lady Bulldogs 3-1. and Two matches left uh, at Alabama State uh, this coming Thursday, and then next week they will travel to Clemson to take on uh, the Lady Clemson Tigers on a Wednesday, November 10th, getting ready for the Conference USA Championship in Norfolk, Friday, November 19th. Golden Eagle cross and country, or yeah, cross country team, uh, finished fourth in the Conference USA Championships over this past weekend. So, congratulations uh, to them, doing great for Southern Miss, the top five: Cassidy Tusher, Kate Maddox, Caitlin Cartwright, and a few other Lady Eagles. So, congratulations to them. What a day for them as they finish. Fourth. All right, Kelly, around Conference USA over the weekend, North Texas defeats Rice in overtime. I don't think any of, any of us pick Rice. I mean, pick North Texas. We all pick Rice, correct? I think that's right. Yeah, because Rice was coming off a big win the week before, and Rice was at home. So we thought that was the natural pick, and that's, that's what worries me about uh, North Texas coming in here this weekend. They're going to have a full head of steam, loaded with confidence, knowing they can win on the road. Uh, against a Rice team that certainly showed prowess. So although I described this game as winnable this weekend, uh, the Eagles have their work cut out for them, I think, with this newly rejuvenated now North Texas team, who, again, most people still think that they're playing for Seth Luttrell's job as the head coach over there. Marshall shut out FIU 38 to nothing. Of course, the Eagles dropped a 35 to 10 contest in Middle Tennessee. Western Kentucky blew out Charlotte 45-13. I think Jody Locke got that one wrong. And then... Uh, FAU at home gives UTEP their second loss of the year, 28-25. to And then I think I was alone in this pick. Old Dominion with the uh, the excitement of the sun, headed to the Sun Belt. They knocked off Louisiana Tech in a battle of two and six teams. Dominion won that game 23-20. Yeah, and, and now Louisiana Tech finds itself two and five. Uh, and, and Two and six. Two and six now after that loss. That's right. So the Bulldogs really – scrambling and really shaking their heads so they've got problems in ruston as things stand right now and i know some people and i'm not trying to be sarcastic here but a team that may actually be struggling worse than the eagles is fiu Uh, butch davis who was you know had certainly made a name for himself in the college football ranks took that program over never really amounted much to anything now he is announced he announced two weeks into the season that he was going to retire rather than be fired at the end of the year. But FIU is just a mess. Um, and they, they come here the day after Thanksgiving. So, you know, hopefully that'll Conference be a Conference USA game. Uh, football standings, Marshall and FAU tied at the top of the East at 3-1. and one. Western Kentucky also in first place in that three-way tie, 3-1. Three and one. Charlotte and Middle Tennessee, 2-2. Two and two. Old Dominion, 1-3. and three. FIU, 0-4. Oh in the West, UTSA, who we shall mention, moved up inside the top 20. The Roadrunners with a week off, eight and zero overall. They're four and zero in the West. UTEP and UAB three and one each. Rice two and two. Tech and North Texas one and three. And the Eagles zero and four in Conference USA. And UTSA coach Jeff Trailer just signed an extension. There was talk that he may be headed to Texas Tech in the Big Twelve. But yesterday, Trailer signed a ten-year contract extension worth thirty-eight million dollars. Maybe he just likes San Antonio. That's uh, pretty. pretty I think. Amazing. I think there's another reason why he signed it rather than, than liking thirty eight million. Yeah, reasons why. I think that would have something to do with it. Yeah. Monday night football tonight: Giants at the Chiefs, 
and uh, look at how our teams did over the weekend. Michael's Bears lost 33-22. to uh, The Broncos defeated Bob's uh, Washington football team 17-10. to Kelly's Bengals lost to the Jets. And do you know they were the number one seed in the AFC going into that uh, game? The Bengals were the number one seed. I found that really hard to believe because they had two losses. That hurts. And boy, my son was upset. Uh, after they lost yesterday. But the Bengals were the recipients of three turnovers, only converted seven points out of those three turnovers, and the turnovers were really deep in, uh, in the Jets' end of the field. But the Jets came prepared to play. You know, and the Bengals looked lackluster. They just didn't look physically or mentally prepared to play. And, you know, you can look at these records, and that's what a lot of people will look at, of course, to determine who will win or who will lose. But at that level, these guys are pros. You know, they're playing They're playing for a lot more than money. They're playing for pride. And the Jets deserved to win that game. I hate to say it, but they did. And who dat, baby? Who dat? Yeah. Jameis out for the year. What are we going to do? But let me tell you something. My wife cheered so loud last night, the dog was barking. She was so excited. Well, maybe they'll have to, maybe they'll have to play a non-scholarship quarterback. And we quarterback. pick six, the GOAT. Yeah, how about that? Couldn't, couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Good stuff. All right, tomorrow, Lee Roberts, Carly Malden. We'll talk soccer and more football tomorrow. Lady Eagles getting ready for their quarterfinal match. Find that's, out tonight who they're going to play. And that's going to be on TV, too, isn't it? ESPN Plus, absolutely. Thanks for joining us today. We'll catch you tomorrow, same time. And as always, Southern Miss to, to the, the top. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.